Welcome to the Jackson Hole Report podcast, your guide to all things real estate in beautiful Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole is our little slice of heaven, and it's no surprise that real estate here is booming. There's so much information out there, but with our 26 years of experience, we are here to discuss and dissect Jackson's real estate market so you don't have to. Join us for a little education, useful tips, and advice on how to buy and sell in this wonderful place we call home. Welcome, friends, to the third episode of the Jackson Hole Report podcast. Today, Devin and I are here with Andy Rips from Guild Mortgage. It's located right in the heart of downtown Jackson. We'll discuss everything first-time homebuyers need and tips and tricks for our market. Andy is your local market mortgage expert. So let's get started. All right, Andy, so tell us uh, about Guild Mortgage. So I started working for Guild uh, Mortgage in 2016. Uh, it's just been an amazing company to work for. Uh, Guild has been around for 61 years. We just had our 60th uh-huh. anniversary last year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. We're a, a top 10 lender in terms of volume in the US. Uh, we did 35 billion in ori- loan originations in 2020, and we wow. have a, over a $60 billion servicing portfolio. So we're- a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going anywhere. And uh, you know, one thing about I love about the company is we are an enormous company. We have huge resources. We're licensed in all 50 states, but we work in a very you know small company atmosphere. My my team is really in Wyoming and Idaho, and everything is in house. I call and talk up to my underwriters. We're able to be you know super nimble and move you know extremely fast on everything that's needed. It's not we're not calling into a call center or corporate. You know, it's it's all in house, and it just makes. Getting deals done, getting things done in a hurry, and putting rushes in just so much easier. And we uh, also, in, in terms of winning the deal on, on purchases and whatnot, is, you know, we have a huge refinance volume in right now because rates are so low. But at Guild, we have we put our priority and our focus on purchases, and so purchases take priority over refinances. And you know, if you have something to get done, we will get your deal done. Uh, I mean, my goal is to meet you know timelines and closing dates every time. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. All right, so Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Andy Rips. I've been in Jackson since uh, 2000. I moved out here for one winter to ski and stayed for 20, like pretty much everyone else. Um, I have been uh, in the mortgage industry for 19 years. I've been both a mortgage broker, a realtor, and now a mortgage banker. Um, and I think you know. Jackson has a very unique market. You need a local expert that knows the ins and outs of everything to get deals done here. Absolutely. So the other thing that's great is Andy works on the weekends. He gives people his cell phone numbers. He's basically like the realtor of lender world. And one thing I really want you to explain to us because I get them confused still. What is the difference between a mortgage banker, a a mortgage lender like there's all these different terms what what are you what do you do and what are the different kinds sure definitely yeah that is confusing across the board uh, even for us in the business but so you've got a mortgage broker uh, who is essentially an independent contractor they take your loan and your file and they send it to you know whichever bank 
that they choose that they're going to use for your loan. And in that instance, it kind of goes out of their hands and they're, you know, kind of at the mercy of the, of the bank, whoever's underwriting it. Uh, then you have a traditional bank um, that does banking and, and mortgages and that, and they are, they mostly do everything in-house. They underwrite, they process and, you know, fund the loan. And then frequently they will actually sell the servicing after the fact as well. Um, sometimes they keep it in-house and you make the payments to the bank. Uh, I, at Guild, Guild is a mortgage bank. So we underwrite, process, fund, do everything in-house. Uh, and then we also have a servicing portfolio. So once you close a loan, you're gonna make your payments to Guild. If you have any problems with your loan, you call me or my office and we fix it. Um, but in addition to our Guild platform and product, we also have the ability to use other banks and lenders and we price that out. So if there is a program or you know better pricing somewhere else, we are able to use that and re reach out to that. So you kind of have the best of both worlds with a mortgage bank. Um, so you've got everything covered there. And you know all we do is mortgages. So that's what we focus on. We're not looking for depository accounts. We don't need any relationships. And so we can kind of give you a, you know best pricing with just, just based on the mortgage and go from there. So if I want to get a loan with you, it's not like if I'm going to a bank, they're going to say, well, we want you to transfer all your accounts over here and you got to do all that first. Exactly. All we of our can programs. just get the loan. Right. No strings. No strings. Wow. But that's awesome. Um, okay, Andy. So, first-time home buyers, or really home buyers at all in this market, at all price points, that will need to get a loan to purchase, they are looking online. They're calling the realtor second. They're calling the lender third. They need to reverse that order. They need to probably call the lender first to find out what they can qualify for the realtor second to be on top of things because things aren't making it online these days. If you're looking on only Zillow, you're probably missing out on 40% of the sales that are happening, honestly. So you call the lender first, call the realtor, and Andy has some tips, I think, for us on what you can do to be pre-qualified so that when you do find your dream home, you can be competitive with your offer. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think that is a common misperception as you start with a realtor you start trying to find a house and then figure out everything after the fact but generally especially in this type of competitive market you're best served to go in and get pre-qualified know exactly what you qualify for have all of your docs ready into the lender so that when you do put an offer you are exact sure what you qualify for and you can move the timeline faster and even further if you can take that you know one step further is to get pre-qualified fully pre-approved, which means you've had all your docs sent to the underwriter, we've done all the conditions, and then you're sitting there fully 100% approved when you go to write an offer, and then, you know, your realtor and you can get, you know, very aggressive on timelines and, you know, conditional, you know, releases on, on the contract to, to put you in a better place to compete against the cash offers that are coming in. Totally, because you can make a, you can make a cash offer and still reserve the right to get financing, which if you have the ability to do that, to go through what Andy just said and get fully pre-approved and do that, your offer is gonna move to the top of the stack because they know that you've been through it all already and there's no question on whether you can qualify or not. So explain how that would work. I wanna make a cash offer, but I really need a loan instead. Right. <laughs> how do we make that work? And, and you can definitely do that. There are, you know, there are some, you know, additional risks with that. If, you know, I can take you 
as though you had a you know full approved you know purchase contract in and I can submit it to my underwriting team we can get the underwriting approval we can get all of your conditions in get you fully signed off on like you were going to closing on that contract with with a max you know loan amount approved number in there and you can have that pre-approval done and completed before you even put an offer in then when you put that offer in you can get rid of some of those financing contingencies so that you are you know a head and shoulders above somebody with just a normal you know pre-qualification that hasn't gone through this whole thing and you can put it in there you know as though it is a cash offer if you put it in as a cash offer though you know you still you, you lose some of your conditional outs and so you just have to go into this you know eyes wide open that you are putting you know some additional risks involved in this that if you know something goes wrong if you lose your job if you you know if your self-employed business does not you know continue to perform that you're going to have some additional you know exposure there on that contract i like that eyes wide open yeah mm -hmm. so all this talk where it's basically centering around putting your best offer forward right away so sure. you're getting everything lined up um is list price enough these days depends <laughs> on the property um, our market i don't know about you andy you see a lot of deals too i've seen a shift even in the last four to six weeks of kind of feeding frenzies with anything mm -hmm. under a million. We are seeing dozens of showings all of a sudden, dozens of offers. So sometimes list price might not be enough. How, did, how does that work on your end? Yeah, so that's definitely been an issue in, in appraisals and uh, you know rapidly appreciating market it plays into this as well. So we can definitely get you approved for you know an offer amount over list price, whatever that is. And that, you know, you have to be comfortable with whatever that offer is. But then the next part of that is if you get an accepted offer, we have to you get an appraisal that supports that value. So if we get an appraisal that comes in lower than what your contracted price is, uh, we've, you've got some choices. You can either try and renegotiate you know, that contract, which probably isn't going to happen because it's a seller's market. Yeah, no just, way. I'm just, just kicking you out of the way if I'm the seller. <laughs> so, out. So, so we take the renegotiation off the, off the table, and so you have to bring in the difference between the appraised value and the purchase price because for the loan purposes we have to use for our loan to value calculation we use the the lower of the purchase price or the appraisal value so if the appraisal value comes in low you have to bring in you know whatever that difference is in order to keep your same loan to value now a common misperception i think on loans and first-time home buyers and all that is that you have to have 20 percent down and mm -hmm. for conventional loans for you know fannie mae freddie mac loans you can really go up to 95% on almost all loan programs. Um, so if you were putting 20% down, appraisal comes in low, you can you know, go over that without putting any additional down, just raise the loan to value. Uh, and you can do that in two ways. You can either just do it in one loan and you'll have mortgage insurance, or you could do a combo loan to make up the difference in a, in a, sec, in a home equity line of credit, and then you'll get around mortgage insurance, just adds an, an, you know, another level of <laughs> Of one more loan in there, but the, it's doable. The moral of the story here is that there's all sorts of different ways <laughs> yes. to do this. Right. <laughs> and you need lots of different options. So don't wait. Talk to your lender first. Get in line with your realtor. Be competitive. It's not always the highest price that wins, though, either. I mean, we have to remember that sellers are human beings just <laughs> like us, even though sometimes we think they're not. <laughs> Um, and we can try and tug at their heartstrings a little bit, right? There's nothing in realtor rules or lender rules that say 
you can't send a letter saying who you are, why this property means so much to you. And Andy actually has something new that he's doing that's awesome with, it's called Bomb Bomb Videos. Don't go steal <laughs> this, other people. <laughs> We're not going to tell you anymore. But he's being creative with his clients, which is really important. So that's, that's what, what, what are you doing? Sending a video message? Yeah, no, I think, you know, in this market, as you said, if you, you know, a lot of the first time home buyers here are, you know, local families that are trying to get their foot in and, and you know, not have to leave the valley. And so sellers do have hearts. And, and, you know, if you can send something that says, you know, I think in the past, I've definitely seen people write letters, you know, saying that, you know, it's a local family, why they want the house and how much it means to them. And now, you know, in, in the Zoom, <laughs> the Zoom days, but you can send a video, you know, that says, explains why, um, why you want the house and why it means so much. And I think that definitely plays a part in getting your foot in the door and putting your, your offer above, you know, other people who are, you know, probably most of those cash, a lot of those cash offers are sometimes people who are out of town, second home owners, whatever. So it gives you a, a little bit of a leg up. You Hopefully. got it. Cute kid, put that kid in there. You got a cute dog, <laughs> right, right, put the dog, dog in there. Like, you need to rent a dog and have one. You got grandma, put grandma in there. Rent a puppy. <laughs> we can rent a puppy for you. So something that I see a lot of sellers struggling with right now is, yeah, I have all this equity in my home. I can afford more of, more of a house now, but where the hell am I going to move to? I can't find anything to buy. I'm too afraid to sell my house and not have anything else to go to. What is, Scary. how do you work around that? Yeah, no, it's definitely an issue here because sellers are not accepting, you know, offers with sale contingencies in them. So if you own a home that has equity in it, uh, we can now do a bridge loan. And so we essentially just take, you know, the equity out of your current primary residence, you'll do a, a cash out on that. You'll use that cash from your primary residence, the equity in there, and use that as the down payment for the new purchase. And then you can make that, you know, assuming you qualify for the more the new mortgage with your current mortgage on there, you can, um, you know, use that cash for the down payment. You don't have to sell your, your primary until you know that you're buying another property. And not too long ago, people thought of, I mean, for me, people thought of bridge loans as, wow, I'm going to have these two payments for such a long time. But if you price your property well that you're moving out of, you're going to get a bidding war on that one yeah. too, and you're not going to have it for very long. So you just factor in that cost of having that higher payment for a few mm -hmm. months and figure out how to move forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that used to be a concern. Um, but I think, yeah, in this hot market, I mean, even if you got forced and you had to lower your, you know, your ideal price a little bit, you should still be able to move your property. Worst case scenario, you could rent it if you had to and mm -hmm. probably, you know, keep that mortgage payment going until if you missed the, the season for some reason, you could rent it and keep going. But, How yeah. long does a, is a bridge loan good for? I, I believe, I gotta get all, this is a brand new product for us, but I think we've got, you actually have six months on that bridge loan in order to sell that and pay it off and your property has to be listed, you know, at the time to get the bridge loan. Um, going sense. and so you are a little bit limited on that so I might retract the, my uh, rental statement there but you could you know cover the cost until it's sold I think oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. in, this, in this market okay um, tell us about down payments for first-time home buyers you touched on that a little bit I know you have specific programs and a lot of people I mean it's like me when I don't know much about something I'm a little intimidated to pick up the phone and be like can you explain this to me please don't think I'm a dummy but <laughs> We don't know what we don't know. So 
tell us more about what we need to know. Definitely. And first of all, you know, I'm, I'm a mortgage banker, and but I also do a huge portion of education, and that's that's part of it. I mean, I liken the mortgage process to a second language. Like, if you don't speak this language, there's no reason you should know it. So, I tell my you know my borrowers ask questions. You know, ask questions the whole way through because by not knowing something and trying to do something that you think is right, you could actually put the loan in jeopardy. So if you have a question, you're about to do something, or you just have a question in general how things go, ask the question. It's way better to know what's going on and be fully you know, aware of the whole process and makes you more comfortable and makes the whole thing easier. Um, but along those lines, there is, you know, I mentioned earlier that you know, people think that you have to have 20% down in order to purchase property. And with conventional loans, you can go you know, anything over 80% loan to value, you have mortgage insurance. And it's an additional expense on the mortgage, but it gets you in the door. So it's a cost of doing business, really. So with conventional loans, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans, uh, you can do you know up to you know as low as three percent down on loans up to five hundred and forty-eight thousand, which is the conventional loan limit in Teton counties. Um, Lincoln County stops there, but uh, you can go even higher up to a high balance conforming in Teton County, Wyoming, and Idaho, which is. $822,375. Nice round numbers. Uh, but that, that is then the line between conventional and jumbo. But so on conventional loans, so in Teton County, Idaho, and Wyoming, under $822,000, you can put 5% down on a loan. You have mortgage insurance, but it's a pretty low down payment. And so that you have mortgage insurance, and on conventional loans, the mortgage insurance goes away once you reach 80% loan to value. What's mortgage insurance? Mortgage insurance is insurance for the uh, it's for insurance for the lender, and so you are paying an additional premium on top of your principal and interest that essentially goes into their insurance pool in case you default on your mortgage. Then they'll have you know these additional funds to kind of recoup any costs you know that they may lose by having a low loan to value house that they may not be able to sell for full price because they're you know fire sandwich. So this gives the, the lender insurance against your defaulting. It's not necessarily insurance for you, um, but... Is it expensive? It varies dramatically actually based on your credit score. Gotcha. Um, and it's based on its percentage. <laughs> it's a percentage of the loan amount and it's based on your credit score and a couple other factors, but it's not it's not terrible if you have okay. good credit. Yeah, definitely something to do. Good so, to know. But if you do have bad credit um, or have, you know, other issues on your credit report, your income, there are some government programs that are low down payment options that then allow you to get in the door as well with low payment and not you know, a punitive amount of mortgage insurance. Um, so FHA and USDA Rural are both programs that don't change their rate or the mortgage insurance based on your credit score. Um, so first off, FHA is um, Federal Housing Administration HUD and they have a, their program is 3.5% down. Um, they have a they have mortgage insurance for the life of the loan, but it's fixed at 0.85%. There's a 1.75% upfront fee based on the loan amount that gets financed into the loan. So there's additional cost on this, but you have a lower rate and you have a fixed you know mortgage insurance, and to do that they charge that fee. Um, mortgage insurance does not ever go away on an FHA. You have to refinance out of it. Okay. So that is a bit of a downside, but the idea is you get into this loan, you pay it for you know two or three years, your credit gets better, and then you refinance out into a conventional gotcha. loan. Gotcha. Got it. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. 
Um, so it, it is an amazing program. It's kind of all of these programs are kind of a tool in a toolbox to fit you know your exact uh, you know needs and, and terms of your loan. Um, I you, see that here. I see people that have great jobs can pay really high rent around here, but they've gone. Oh, my credit's not good. Yeah. I can't buy. Like I it's can't buy. Intimidating. Anything. Yeah, too. it is intimidating. So. That's really helpful, I mean, yeah. to know that you can still do it. There's yeah, FH, ways to do it. FHA is the tool for that, for sure. Um, and FHA in Teton County, Wyoming, Idaho, goes up to 822000 So you can do an FHA all the way up there. In Lincoln County, for some reason, they have not raised the loan amount to you know commiserate with the prices down there. And the max uh, loan down there is 356000 what? So if you do three percent down, three and a half percent down on that, you know, you're only at like a three seventy ish purchase price. I need to raise that because this morning I looked in the MLS wow. and there was not a house in Alpine, <laughs> Wyoming under one point five million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. And I'm not sure if they just if all of Lincoln County, I mean they take the whole basis of the county and put it in, take an average of the home prices and it yeah. just kind of fixed there. So Alpine is definitely out of the ballpark and as you move south you're getting closer into yeah. that number, but it's still pretty tough to get there. Um, so then FHA is a great tool for you know most people on that, and it's a little broader. There's no income limitation on it. USDA Rural is a program that is amazing for, and it works in Teton County, Idaho, Wyoming, and Lincoln County, and it's 100% financing, so there's zero down payment. Oh. Um, there is, similarly, similarly to FHA, You've got uh, upfront fee, which but it's only a 1% upfront fee that gets financed into it, so you don't have to come out of pocket with that. Mortgage insurance is 0.35%, so it's a fair amount lower than FHA. The difficulty with USDA rural is that there's an income cap. And so the income cap limits you to you know how much you can actually qualify for, and their debt-to-income ratios are a fair amount more restrictive. So it's an amazing program if you can qualify for it, but it doesn't fit everyone. Mm-hmm. And similarly, there's a, another 100% program, which are just uh, Wyoming and Idaho bond programs. And so there's a state pool of funds that they can give for down payment assistance. And those programs are, you know, a little bit even more niche than USDA Rural. They are an amazing program if you can get into them, but they have income limits, they have house price limits, um, and there's a cap on the amount that the down payment assistance will do. But it's another option out there if you fit, you know, into that range. How does gifting a down payment work? Because I hear people go, I'm going to buy a house and my parents are going to give me the down payment. Does that work? For sure. Okay. It used to be way more restrictive and there used to be a requirement on how much the actual buyer had to contribute themselves. But now you can essentially get a gift for the entire down payment. If you're putting 20% down, uh, you can get 20% gifted. If you're putting 5% down, you can get 5% gifted. And it doesn't, we need a gift letter. Uh, from the donor, and depending on the program, you know, we may have to see the the donor's bank statements. But for conventional conforming, we need a gift letter, and you can wire those funds to. That's the incredible title. because I need, there's all, I need a gifter. You gotta go find a gifter. Sarah. We all need a gifter. Yeah. But I so the um, there is a housing preservation program, a yes. pilot program that they put a million dollars into that I don't think is going to last more than a day. Right. <laughs> but so that really would work if if you could qualify through a program like that even for mm-hmm. down payment assistance. It you can you can make that work now. Yeah, and there there are 
require relationship requirements depending on the program. But if you're receiving funds in that case from a nonprofit, uh, you know, certified nonprofit, then you can use those. Wow. Um, on conventional conforming loans, you're supposed to be a relative of some sort of okay. blood line-ish and FHA. <laughs> FHA is a little bit more liberal and I think you can get a gift from anybody on there. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. You need to make more friends. <laughs> more gifters. Exactly. Um, okay, so we've talked about all sorts of mortgage lender language. I don't even know if I use the right word there. Right. Lender, banker, banker. broker, no, still confused. There's other things your realtor can do with you to make your offer more attractive. There, I've seen a lot of things lately with an escalation clause mm-hmm. in them, which are tricky. But you, you come to your lender, you say, how much can I qualify for? You can qualify for $750,000, let's just say. And the listing you love is seven hundred. Well, you can put this escalation clause in the contract that basically bumps your offer up in certain increments to a maximum mm-hmm. point so that you can automatically beat out other people. And now we have all sorts of other tricks up our sleeves like this, but I'm going to make you call us to find out because <laughs> we're not going to give it all away to you in the podcast. <laughs> Any more lender knowledge you feel like people should know to, to like be the one to win because we all want to win. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's it comes down to pre-qualifying and you getting in there knowing what you can qualify for. Another thing is, you know, just getting your credit pulled. Like even if you think that your income, you make a ton of income, you need to go, if you haven't had your credit pulled or if you're just looking at Credit Karma or something like that. I was going to say, I pay for Credit Karma. Doesn't that, that tell me what my credit really it is? It tells <laughs> you a credit score. It's, there's, there's different FICO <laughs> models apparently. And what? the cre- Credit Karma <laughs> score is not the same as the mortgage score that we use. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. I'm going to cancel know. that today. It's 15 <laughs> right, bucks a exactly. month I'm going to say. <laughs> But you also, I mean, also people who have perfect credit, I've done refinances for people that had perfect credit. I do a refinance four months later and there was a, you know, a late payment um, on their, like a medical collection they didn't even know they had for 25 bucks and it knocks their credit all the way down. So it's just good to have all your stuff in and current. And especially now with COVID, uh, the self-employment guidelines for verifying income have gotten, you know, dramatically more, uh, paper heavy and we have to, you know, get a PL and bank statements in order to support your income because with all the businesses, you know, losing some business or shutting down, they're just trying to make sure that, you know, businesses are still up and running and, and still doing business at the same level that they have in, yeah. in years past. So it's gotten a little bit trickier uh, yeah. across the board with more documentation, but, you know, lending is, is still happening. Don't be afraid to call us or to reach out, even if you're not ready yet. If you are setting a goal, which is the best thing to do, like we want to buy a house in the next five years. What do we need to do now to make that happen? Even though the market's scary, we're, we don't know what we're doing, don't be afraid to call your realtor or your lender and say, what can I do now to start working towards this? Because we love to help people and that's what we do, right? Definitely, for sure. I mean, actually, and, and right now with that you know, thought, in mind, tax season is a great time if you're self-employed to start thinking about this because for the most part, you generally need two years of tax returns. You can sometimes get away with, with a one-year approval, but if you're trying to file your tax returns so you don't make 
you know, any tax payments, that's generally does not help when you're trying to come to me and show that you make, you know, money. So it's just a thought to keep in mind right now. If you're thinking so about you're buying saying, a house, like, don't cheat the IRS if you're trying to buy a house. I'm not saying you're cheating. <laughs> the IRS, but, but you gotta you gotta pay some. It's it's a double edged sword there. You gotta right. pay some taxes to, to qualify for a mortgage, and you have to show some income on it. So totally, and it's it's your net it's your net income that I use, not the gross income. Right. No. Well, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you I know I learned a few things today, even after being a realtor for 16 years. I always learn something new. So, yeah, it's been wonderful, Andy. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for everything. Uh, go see Andy Rips at Guild Mortgage. He is the expert. Um, and thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Hey everyone, Kara here. Just wanted to say thanks for listening in. If you have any questions or comments on what was said, then head to www.jacksonholerealestatereport.com where you can find all of our contact info or if you love to read, you can go to that site and sift through our extensive luxury real estate report and that verifies all the data recorded today and honestly is just a wealth of knowledge. Our podcast today was sponsored and produced by The Beaming Group, working with Anglin Volkers in beautiful Jackson, Wyoming. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 3274, Andy Rips, NMLS number 263841. The information provided today is for educational purposes only. The positions, strategies, or opinions of the show do not necessarily represent the positions, strategies, or opinions of Guild Mortgage Company or its affiliates. Each loan is subject to underwriting final approval. All information, loan programs, interest rates, terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Always consult an accountant or tax advisor for full eligibility requirements on tax deductions.